But we're looking as a church at the theme of health matters. And we've been looking at David's life the past few weeks and read about him in the books of 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. Today we're going to again look at the life of David. The past couple of weeks we've looked at a form of celebration, how celebration is good for our well-being, for our, for our health, providing it is meaningful. And David had some celebration moments. But today we're going to look at some spiritual health matters from a significant time in David's life when he blew it big time. That's all we can say. Probably the biggest mess up mistakes in his life. We'll be reading about it in our daily readings or round about now in the book of Second Samuel. Basically when he should have been out at war fighting as king, he stayed at home and he was out walking in his rooftop at night and saw a woman bathing. And from there on, he decided he wanted to have that woman, committed adultery, and a long story short, he ended up uh, having a plan and a plot to kill the woman's husband, to get the woman's husband killed, and then he had this woman. It's a horrendous story, and this is what the Bible describes from a man after God's own heart. And the reality is there, just as an introduction, the problem started when he wasn't where he should have been. His life went down a destructive path because he started one day not being where he should have been. And it's an incredibly powerful and significant story that we can learn from. But there is a, a danger that when we are not where we should be live, it just sets a, a whole sequence of events which lead us down a destructive path. You'll notice if you've been doing the reading that Nathan the prophet then comes and confronts David about this and he realises the awfulness and it was horrendous. If you really look at the story, David comes to a place where he recognises the awfulness of what he has done and at that point he, re he writes Psalm 51, which is what we're going to read today, which is a result of where David was from the stories we're reading in 2 Samuel just now. And he writes this great psalm. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt, purify me from my sin, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me, now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins, remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels, and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O oh God, who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. 
You do not desire a sacrifice or a would offered one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. Look with favor on Zion and help her. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with sacrifices offered in the right spirit, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will again be sacrificed on your altar. David comes to that place of, I've messed up, I've blown it, and maybe you haven't messed up as big time as David has, but the reality is we've all made mistakes, we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of where we should be, we've all done things that we know we shouldn't have done, things which are not conducive to spiritual health and well-being today, just some aspects of bit spiritual health, a bit well-being in our spirits and our spiritual walk come to mind. And David is not in a great place, but it's how we respond in those times to determine whether our lives go a destructive pattern or beginning of a restoring pattern in our life. How damaging our mistakes can be depends on the responses when we realize that we are in the wrong. And David looks at the situation and the first aspect for spiritual health is it recognizes he needs a correct recognition of God's character. We read it's that he's a good, wholesome recognition of God's character. I read recently Evangelical Alliance done a survey amongst those who were not Jesus followers, non-Christians, asking about their view on those who knew who were Jesus followers or Christians. And the conclusion was that they thought 65% thought Christians or Jesus followers were friendly. 51% thought they were caring. 46% thought good-humored. 38% generous. 26% encouraging. 24% hopeful. And I thought that's not really a great reflection on Jesus or Christians. And the danger is somehow we look at other Christians and that's how we get a concept of what God is like. But that's not a true reflection of God because we're looking at imperfect people. And I thought if that is God's message to the world, it's not as great as it should be. But we can't just look at other Christians or other Jesus followers and say that's exactly what God is because God is way above anything that we can imagine. And David recognized that Jesus or that God was someone who could come to even in his mistakes. He could come to God and we don't need to come with a false interpretation. When we come for spiritual health matters, we need, first of all, a recognition. What is God really like? What is the character of God? David, in the hardest time, biggest, most difficult time in his own self, in his own mistakes, came and he, first of all, saw that God was merciful. And today, we want to tell you that God is merciful. He cries, have mercy on me, O God. He had a recognition that he needed the mercy of God and that God's mercy triumphs over his judgment. And when we mess up, we first of all, in order to start getting back, in order to get to a place of spiritual health, we need a recognition of what God's like. And first of all, we need to recognize that God is merciful. God's a forgiving, merciful God. 
our spiritual well-being needs to recognize, not minimizing how bad or how many mistakes we've made, but many, not minimizing that, but recognizing that God's mercy is greater than his judgment. Because if we're in error, when we know we're wrong, when we know we're not what we should be, if we don't recognize God's mercy, what happens is that we just have a false understanding of God in the sense that we'll be focusing completely on ourselves and our mistakes and how bad we are and not being able to forgive ourselves. But when we get a recognition, no matter how bad we've been, no matter how many mistakes we've made, God's a merciful God. His mercy triumphs over his judgment. There is a way in which we can be restored. Because if we don't recognize the mercy of God, we're always looking inward at how the mercy how we are wrong, how we are guilty, how we are condemned and living under condemnation. David recognized he was wrong, but he came and he recognized he could come to a God who is merciful. God who is unfailing in his love. His mercy is tied up with his unfailing love and David recognized that. The problem we have is that we fail to recognize how unfailing God's love is because we judge love on a human basis. We judge love from what we see in other people. You know, in marriage, we get to the vows and it's for better or worse, for richer, poorer, sickness and hell, till death us do part. And then we go to the reception and we start a wedding waltz with I will always love you with Whitney Houston singing in the background and it's all wonderful and romantic. But the truth is, it's imperfect love. And it's not just in marriage, we've all been in relationships and friendships where we have not lived up to all that we could have been and others have hurt us and not lived up to all that we would want them to be. I know today, sadly, there's those watching who have been betrayed in love. You've been hurt, you've been pained, you've been let down. And your view of that love affects your view in God's love. But I want to tell you there's a God who's unfailing in his love. And David recognized even in his mess up that God still loved him that there was an unfailing God, unfailing love of God which could be embraced by him. He knew what Jeremiah wrote, that I have loved you with everlasting love, with unfailing love I've drawn you to myself. I love what Paul writes about God's love in Romans chapter 8. He asks the question, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Then he says, no, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to tell you, one of the most significant moments in my walk with Jesus Christ, when I recognize that God loved me unconditionally. Something changed from there to go down there, and I recognized God loved me unfailingly, unconditionally. Before that, my main focus when God's a God of judgment, I've got an awesome God, a holy and a righteous God, and now all that is relevant. But it meant I lived with a sense of fear of God which was unhealthy yes we live with a fear of God which is healthy but now I want to tell you my most predominant thought of God is that he loves me unconditionally and that I'm his child and no matter what I've done or where I've been or what I do he still loves me 
And David recognized no matter how bad it had been, there was a God who loved him. And unless we appreciate how unfailing God's love is, we will never be in a place of spiritual health because we'll always be focusing on our failings instead of his unfailing love. And he was not just a God who felt love, but he's moved to do something. Compassion. David said, you're a God of compassion, a strong feeling of sympathy and sadness for the suffering of others and the desire to help them. You know, we can feel compassion, but not have the capability to help people. But God does not just feel compassion, he's moved and has the capability to help people when they're suffering and when they're in wrong. You know, David said, I'm in a mess, but God, you desire to help and you can help me in my mess. Today, you might feel alone. You might feel you've been hurt, you've been pained. You might feel you've been messed up. You might be feeling you're in a place where no one can help you, no one loves you. I want to tell you there's a God who's merciful, a God who's unfailing in his love, and he's moved by compassion to come into your situation and help you move on, no matter what's happened or where you've been. But not only do we need a recognition of the character of God, David needs a reflection in where he was at himself. And first of all, he took responsibility for his mess-ups. He says, hands up, it's me. No, I don't know if you're like me, but so often when I'm the wrong, I look how I can blame someone else for it. And we use phrases like, I was wrong, but, I'm sorry, but, and then we try, start to make excuses. You know, the word sorry and then but should never come together because if you're genuinely sorry, it doesn't matter about anything else. If you're sorry, that's a full stop. And David recognized that. He says, it's my sin, it's my guilt, it's my rebellion. I've messed up. I'm not looking to blame any others. You know, if we want to progress in our spiritual health, we need to acknowledge and take responsibility for where we're at and what we have done wrong. He recognized that I've done it. I've no defense. Your judgment against me is just. I was born a sinner the minute my mother conceived me. And then he had an honest assessment of himself. Take responsibility, have an honest assessment of who you are. Yes, we speak faith, we speak life, we speak encouragement. But you know, we need to be honest and recognize these are areas I need to improve in. These are areas in my spiritual world that I need to improve in. You know, when you go to a doctor's, the first step is to, where, is to ask, where are you at? Where's the pain? What's going on? I, I really enjoy watching TV programs like 24 Hours and A&E and Ambulance and things like that. I know, you need to pray for me. I know, that's, that's smacking entertainment. It's, you need, really do need to pray for me. Okay, but I've noticed sometimes in hospital that the patients don't give honest answers to the questions that the doctors have been asking about where the pain is or how it happened or what is going on in their body. And the reality is, all they're doing is delaying their health getting better by not acknowledging this is where the pain is. This is where the problem is. This is what is wrong. And in our spiritual health, we need to do it, David, take an honest assessment. This is where I'm at. This is the areas I need improving. Recognizing we're coming before a God who's merciful, who's moved with compassion, who loves us no matter where we're at. You need to have an honest look at where you're at. In order for David to move on, in order to have spiritual health restored into his life, he had to come recognizing that he was coming to God and he knew the character of God who was for him, 
that no matter where we've been, he could still move on. He had to have an honest assessment. This is where I'm at. He recognized the character of God. He reflected on where he was at himself. And that is needed for each one of us. If we really want to be healthy and have well-beings in our spirits, we've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. And we need to acknowledge and take responsibility. But now we need to come to a God who says, I'm loving you, I'm merciful, and I can help you be restored back to where you should be. And then David had a revelation of what spiritual health really is like. If you can give us a revelation, it's not a complete picture of spiritual health, but David gives us some indications of what it looks like. First of all, it's a clean heart. He recognized the heart's the issue. My problem started with a heart thing that wasn't right. Proverbs is a great book for wisdom for our lives and particularly in relation to our heart. But read verses like 21 to people may be right in their own eyes, but the Lord examines the heart. Proverbs 27:19 says, as a reflection in water, so the heart reflects the real person. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. How is your heart? Indication of spiritual health is you have a clean heart, that your heart is right before God. Your motives, your attitudes, your desires are right. They all flow from a heart that is right. Indicators, reflections of spiritual health is a clean heart pure, good heart. It's also a joyful spirit. Restore to me the joy of your salvation or give me back the joy that I once had. And you know, joy is an evidence of spiritual health. And it's a joy which is not dependent in circumstances. It's dependent in a relationship with our God. It's depending on your relationship. Joy is an indicator, a joy deep down, and no matter what's going on, you have a joy deep within you, a joy that you know that only God can give you. And David had lost the joy. His mess-ups, his mistakes, his sin had separated him, and he'd lost the joy that was in his life because he wasn't in a good place spiritually. And a joyful heart is an evidence of good spiritual health. You know, Jesus speaking in John 15 said something significant. In verses 10 and 11, he says this, When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments, and remain in his love. Then he says, I have told you these things, so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. I hope you got that. What he's saying is, if you live close to me, if you obey my commandments, if you do what is right and live righteously, you know what? You're going to have a life of joy. You're going to be filled with joy. A joy which is your strength. He wants to give you joy. If you look at some Christians, you wouldn't know it. I'm not saying that if you're miserable, that you've got no spiritual health. I'm just saying that joy is an evidence or an indicator of spiritual health in you. Psalm 45 verse 7. This is speaking of Jesus. Listen to this. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God your God has anointed you above your companions with the oil of joy, i.e. 
You're living righteously. You're living right before God. So what you're going to get is an anointing with joy. Sin takes away the joy, but righteousness and walking with God in a spiritual health place gives you joy. It gives you a joy that you can't understand. I know I've lost some of you now because you're saying you're a miserable so-and-so. No, I want to encourage you. Listen, God can give you a joy that doesn't depend on what is good in your life. It's just because you know that you're right with him and you're walking with him and you've got a peace and a joy that he can give you. A joy unspeakable, the old King James says, and full of glory. But the third indicator, the five is, there's a willingness to obey him. There's a willingness to obey God. Evidence of spiritual healthiness is the willingness to do what he's asking us to do, even when it's difficult to do it. Mary at the wedding says, whatever he says to you, do it. That is spiritual health. Jesus came to his father one day in the garden when it was a real tough time. He says, this is tough, but not what I want. I'm willing to do what you want to do. As opposed to Jonah, when God says, go that way, and Jonah says, no, I'm going that way. And he just gets into a whole lot of trouble. In reality, he was gifted. He was called. He was a God follower. But he decided, I'm not willing to obey you. And he just got a whole heap of trouble on himself that we're not going to go into. But you know, with spiritual health, so is, is a Lord, I'm willing to do what you're asking me to do. It's an indicator of health. And also, at least a desire to share with others. David says, you know what? I will teach rebels your way. If I get back to that place where I should be, I'll have something in me that wants to teach others about how great and how good and how faithful you are, O oh God. You know, spiritual health is not keeping things to sell, but it's telling others about the goodness of our God. And lastly, you know, it's a voice of praise. There's a voice of praise. It says, unseal my lips that I may praise you. Not mumbling, not groaning, not complaining, not grumbling, not speaking death in life. You know what's one of the evidences of a life of spiritual health? It's a voice which is praising God. We sang about it earlier. It's a voice that says, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to bless you. Um, when we focus on how bad we are and we're not in a good place, we tend to be inward looking. But when we start walking right with God again, do you know what? We start upward looking and we start giving praise and we start giving worship to him. Not just singing songs, not a have to sing song, but I get to give praise, worship, adoration to our God. We're going to come around the communion table in a few moments. And the only reason that we can have spiritual health is because of what communion is all about. We messed up. We separated ourselves from God. David messed up and disconnected from God and he was in a bad place. But when it came to his attention that he was messed up, he came to a place of mercy. He came to a place where he recognized God and need mercy. Justice demands that I'm punished and I die, but I'm coming to a God of mercy. And when we come to a communion table, we're coming to a place of mercy because Jesus died to take the punishment and cause mercy to come into our life. And he did it because he was unfailing in his love for us. 
And he showed compassion by not just feeling it, by demonstrating it, by practically showing love on a cross. And today, as we come round and celebrate communion, I want to ask you, examine where you're at. Examine where you're at. And this could be an opportunity where we come and say, you know, my spiritual health is not really where it should be. I've made mistakes. Even this week, I've just blew it. I've just not been all that I could be. You might not have been anything bad, but it's an opportunity to come and just have a self-examination, a health checkup as we come round and celebrate communion. It's a health checkup that we're coming, and David came and said, you know what, I'll take responsibility. I messed up. But God, I'm coming to you, and I'm receiving your forgiveness that I can start afresh again. Because, you know, I want to be spiritually healthy. I want spiritual health. I want to just have an examination, say, Lord, I need you to come and just show your mercy, your love, your compassion. Because, you know what, I want to live with a clean heart. I want to live with a joyful spirit. I want to obey you. I want to share your love and your life with others. And I want to have a voice of praise. I want to be walking in these indicators in my spiritual health. And today we have an opportunity just to take a few moments to come and really examine ourselves. The band are going to come up and, and sing a song just after our prayer. We take what you're using for your bread or wine or representing the body of Jesus who's broken for us or the wine which is his blood shed for us. And today, no matter where you've been, just take a moment and thank God that his mercy triumphs over his judgment. Take a moment to thank God that Jesus' body was broken so that we could be in health, so that we could live in health physical and spiritual and emotional and mental in all areas but we the ones like David who were wrong but he came and he acknowledged it's me that's wrong but he recognised he wasn't coming to God of judgement but a God of mercy and from there he moved on to a place of new and fresh spiritual health and I'm believing today that as you're connecting with us today that wherever you've been and whatever you've done today can be a significant point in your life when you can begin afresh to walk or maybe the first time you've maybe never acknowledged Jesus as your saviour you've never came and confessed him as Lord and acknowledged that you were the sinner but today you can just embrace what these emblems mean that his body was broken for you and his blood shed for you and can you say I need you to come and be merciful to me but wherever you are as we take this bread and this wine, I'm just going to say a prayer. And then the band are going to lead us in a song. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for an opportunity we have just to come before you and just have a little check about where we are at. Father, we've maybe not been where David's been, but we've all, we're all in places where we shouldn't be in and there's always room for improvement in us and today we just examine ourselves and we come and we say and we acknowledge and take responsibility for our failings, for our sins and our mistakes and we come and we say sorry and we say thank you for your mercy. Thank you for 
Jesus' body been broken for us to make us whole, make us well and spiritually and well-being in all areas of our life. Thank you for blood that was shed. Thank you for taking that punishment so that we can come and receive your forgiveness, be beneficiaries of your love and your compassion in our life. And for those who need that compassion today, Lord, they need you to come and just help them where they're at. I pray that you'll visit them and cause them, Lord, to experience afresh your love. And Lord, bring us to a place of spiritual health and well-being where our hearts are clean and right before you. We're filled with joy. We want to obey you, do what you've asked us to do. We want to share this love and this great mercy with others. And we want to praise you. And our lips will give thanks for you. Father, thank you for this bread and this wine. Help us to move on in a new area of health in Jesus' name. Amen.